0: Hey guys, and welcome back to The Basic Witch. We are on episode four. Um, Before we get started, I did just want to let you all know I added a warning to this podcast, um, an explicit label, because I do tend to cuss a lot. Normally, I control it pretty well, um, but when I get talking and excited, it just comes out. So, if I offend you, I'm really sorry, but I just want to let you guys know that's what changed. So, today we're going to be talking about um, basic terms and phrases. These are things that you'll hear um, quite a bit. Most of these words you'll hear quite often. There are a lot of terms and phrases to discuss. But today, I just want to touch base on the basic ones. And then, as we go on, um, when there is something that is not you know, known to everyone, I'll discuss it and explain it before I dive right into it. So these are in no specific order either just some different things um all right let's get started so the first word or term is alter i'm pretty sure i said before in another podcast episode um it is a l t a r if you spell it with er some people will jump on you because some people are just assholes and want to, like, pick apart anything and have a reason to, you know, argue with people. So, it's not a big deal if you spell it wrong. But some people, if you're, like, on forum or on Facebook or social media or something and you use ER, I've seen people jump all over others. And it's kind of shady, but that's how people are. So, an altar is your special place to work. Um, Since I am not Wiccan or... Um, pagan or anything you know specific religion that's ruled my altar is pretty much whatever I want it to be and that is for anybody your altar is whatever you want it to be we talked a lot about altars um a couple episodes back and you know how you can either have an altar or not have an altar you can have it out in the open you can have it hidden you can have whatever you need with it um, we'll talk a lot about altars as we get going through this whole podcast. I mean, because your altar technically can be anywhere where you are working for that moment. So, if you're working in the kitchen for for whatever reason that you're doing in there, um, and you are doing, you know, which you work, that is your altar for the moment. To me, my altar is a sacred place. I don't put anything there that doesn't belong there. Um... I don't set my phone on my altar. I don't set my lighter there or the matches or any of that. Um, I have set my jewelry. Like if I have crystals or anything that I'm going to wear. I have set it on my altar where I've done a few things to kind of charge it a little bit. But other than that, I do not set anything that does not belong. And my family knows not to touch my altar. Like if something falls on the floor the cat happened to do anything don't touch my altar they know that they'll just pick it up and kind of set it somewhere but they don't put anything there and why we're talking about that my cat really loves to be over there with me when I do things I have a little stool that she sits on <laughs> and it's seriously the cutest thing because when I'm over there in my little area we have a huge family room so part of it of our family room is like my whole witchy area we call it the witch corner but it's more than a corner, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good area, but like I said, I have the stool over there, and my cat loves to come over, and sit there with me, and jump on it, and whatever, on her stool, because she knows that's her little area, and sometimes I'll be doing, like, cleaning the house, or sweeping the floor, or something, and she'll hop up there, because she wants to do stuff right then, and, um, it's just really funny, I do consider her, um, to be part of the spirit world with me because she is right in it. I mean, she will whenever I'm doing something, she's right there. I mean, I don't know how she knows what I'm doing, but she jumps right in, and it's awesome. Okay, so your altars are special place to work. Um, they are pretty sacred. I mean, you get attached to your altar and the things there, and you just have this special bond with it after a while. I know that may sound crazy to you right now if you're just starting out and you're thinking, "Wow, I'm gonna have like." special connection to this desk or night table or whatever I know it sounds crazy but bear with me and you'll see what I mean as you get going through your practice okay divination divination is using tools to seek answers such as tarot and oracle and runes and scrying and crystal ball and pendulums tea leaves, all those things. and that's actually what the next episode is going to be about. We're gonna break down all of those and talk about the basics of them. It's actually really cool. I do tarot every morning. Um, I do a, a one card draw for myself every morning. but if something's going on then I will you know do a different spread or whatever. I have done you know tarot for my friends and family, um, co-workers before I lost my job due to the pandemic. But that's a whole nother story. If you've been following along, I did win my unemployment for that. So yay, um, just until the economy bounces back, then I'll find another job. but in the meantime, this is my job. So um, but yeah, I don't want to dig too deep into divination. We will talk about that next week. I actually have not done a lot with um, oracle cards. So I bought a new deck. To be here. It it actually just came um, a couple days ago. Just so I can learn more about it. And see if I'm more connected to this deck. So I can tell you guys more about it. Uh, My other deck I was not connected to. I tried. But we will talk about that next week. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. Okay. Next word. Invocation. Is a ritual to call energies to yourself. Now if you've seen the craft. You've seen where she's out there screaming. I invoke thee. I invoke thee not quite as scary as that when you do it in real life. Um, you're not invoked and, well, I mean, if you want to invoke some evil stuff, you want know, do evil shit, that's your own thing, I ain't telling you what to do, it's just not my deal. But, um, you're calling upon their energy to come into you. So, like, if you ever go to, like, a seance or Um, So, you've seen like in movies, you know, where like the spirit enters the person talking and they invoke them. They invoke that energy and that spirit to them to talk through them. That is part of, you know, invocation. So. A sigil. A sigil is a symbol with meaning for a purpose. I know it sounds really like a duh, but... So... The best way for me to describe a sigil for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Is think of like all these companies. And when you see a swoosh. You think of Nike. And then you think of sports. And you know things like that. When you see. um, Like. uh, I I I can't think of logo now. Anyway like Louis Vuitton. When you see that those Roman numerals, the L and the X and the I, whatever it is, you think of Louis Vuitton, you think of class, you know, classy shit, fancy stuff, expensive ass shit. Basically, sigils the same concept. Um, we'll talk later in another episode about making your own sigils and understanding sigils and how to work with them. But just know that a sigil is basically just an image with meaning and a purpose to make you think of something just like you know the Nike swoosh you see it and you think of Nike and then you think of sports and activeness and things like that so that's the whole point of a sigil. Skyclad now we have talked about that briefly in I believe the first episode going back maybe the second episode somewhere in there we talked about Skyclad Anyway, um, I don't think I use that term, but you guys know what I mean. Anyway, so, Sky is the act of doing magic naked. If you go to join a coven, and they tell you, you absolutely must be naked to be in their coven. They tell you, they, you know, you must be Sky or whatever. Nine times out of ten, that is not the case. They are just some freaks. And, that's okay. If you want to do it, do it. Now, there are some, I believe, in, um wicca maybe it was i don't know to remember but there are some um practices that they actually do have rituals that are sky clad most of the time they're going to give you the option to either join in with it or set out that one and they're not going to hold against you if if you don't participate and be naked so that's kind of cool because not everybody's down with being naked but if that's your thing, go for it man I was skinnier. I'm telling you what. That's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, so skyclad is the act of doing magic naked. Next, a talisman. You'll hear that a lot. Um, it is basically an object that is for protection or another purpose that you would carry with you. It's kind of like a four-leaf clover or a rabbit's foot or something like that. Same concept, you know. It's you know those items are to bring you luck or whatever, because it's technically still a talisman for luck. Um, most talisman are for protection, but you can literally make a talisman for anything you want. And we'll talk more later in another episode about how to do those and different spells and things like that. So the talisman is, again, just an object for protection or another purpose that you carry with you. And keep with you. Okay, so the next term is triple moon goddess. So, you've probably seen the three moons. It's a quarter moon on each side with a whole or full moon in the middle. Um, That is the triple moon goddess symbol. It represents the three aspects of the moon goddess or the goddess the maiden, the mother, and the crown which we'll talk a lot more about that in another episode but I just want you to kind of know as a reference what that is in case you've seen that symbol and didn't know what it was or you've heard that term and didn't know what that symbol was so alright and the chakras is next now there are seven chakras and basically your chakras are a gateway into the body for, ener- for which energy flows and I think we'll do an episode on um or at least a partial episode at some point on meditation and opening your chakras. Because to me, that is a really important part of doing witchcraft because you need to get your mind and body on the same page so that you can accept the energy around you and use it, basically. Um, I meditate every day. And before I cast my circle, I also meditate and while in my circle I usually meditate a bit um that's just me my anxiety is extremely high um, I think I talked about this in a previous episode I was on um anxiety medication for about 14 years I switched off of all of that and now I use natural remedies to deal with my anxiety but meditation has definitely helped and opening my chakras has been a Huge, huge eye-opener. So, we'll definitely do another um, episode on that later and talk more about it. (coughs) Excuse me, I do have a cold or something going on. Please ignore the sniffles and the cough. Mm. The next term is charge. So, when you charge an item, you're basically applying energy towards that item for a specific purpose so you heard me say a little bit ago about putting my jewelry if I like crystal jewelry or whatever on my altar to charge it's kind of like just um putting your intentions towards that specific um item or piece or whatever you know um it's very important though that you cleanse any stones or any items that you're going to use before you charge it and to cleanse means to remove the energies that have been absorbed by that piece for previous magical use. So, say I have a stone. Um, we'll say I've got red tigers, or red jasper. And I'm using that in one of my spells. I'm going to throw it away when I'm done, or whatever. Because, first off, those things get expensive. Secondly, why would I throw away a stone? So, you need to cleanse it before you do. And, there are many different ways, which, like I said, we will talk about all of that later right now. I'm just kind of going over the terms and what they mean. At another point, another episode, we'll talk about actually cleansing your stones and crystals and then charging them to reuse again. We'll talk about casting a circle and all that stuff. But, just those are two terms that you're going to hear me talk about a lot and you'll hear a lot of others talk about a lot, too, is cleansing and charging, so now you know what those mean, if you did not before. Elements, which is, I mean, kind of a given, um, not like the periodic table of elements, but elements, earth, fire, water, and air. I actually have all four of them tattooed, the symbols on my calf, it's really awesome. Um, I'm actually covered in tattoos, my husband actually put a broom tattoo on me Saturday, I think it was. And which is how my neck on Friday. Absolutely love what he did with this broom. Um I post some pictures on my in some of the groups and on my actual Facebook page, but I'll post it in the um basic witch Facebook group, which I really need to work on growing. Anyway, I love it. He did a great job. Um I really want a lot more witchy tattoos, but yes, Earth fire, water, air. Those are the four elements. Those have a lot to do with witchcraft when it comes to um, different spells and things like that. A lot of people like position their altar in the spot of their home that coordinates with those specific elements too. And we'll talk about that later too. Um, If you are lucky enough to have a giant open space. Where you can choose anywhere to put your altar. More power to you to connect. And line up your shit. To go with whatever you feel drawn to. I have a huge family room. However, the way it is designed. I don't have a whole lot of options. As far as where I can put it. So, it works for me. But. Alright. Grounding is our next term. Um, So, grounding... is (coughs) is <coughs> excuse me connecting with and becoming aware of your physical body and the connection to mother earth before you start anything when it comes to doing a spell or like an incantation or doing a tarot reading or any kind of divination reading before you start doing anything it's really important to ground yourself just to center yourself I guess um, which we'll talk about here in a second I take every opportunity that I can to be barefoot I just I used to not, I used to wear socks constantly I hated it, slept in socks whether it was summer, winter, I didn't care I don't know what it is now but I love to be barefoot and I walk outside barefoot every day. I will make a point to physically go out and walk barefoot out there if it's snowing, I don't do it as much. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It'd be cool to do, but it's fucking cold. So, I'm not going to go stand in like three feet of snow. Because that's what we get here in Indiana sometimes. Barefoot in three feet of fucking snow. just not happening. But, grounding is just getting your center. Getting your yourself lined up. Your mind and body together. Become very... Very physically aware of your physical body and b- connect with Mother Earth or whatever you're connecting with. If, if you are connecting with the god or the goddess, whatever, you need to ground yourself to get in that spot, in that zone. Okay. Incantation. Um, those are words used in a spell, basically. Uh, sometimes there are physical items that go along with the spell, and sometimes it's literally just the words. If you've watched um, the craft or Sabrina or bewitched or Be- which is wewick or um, and magic any of that stuff any of the things that they say like the chanting or any of that stuff that's incantation it's just the words that have meaning and a purpose to further on what you're trying to do that is incantation Alright, meditation, which we already kind of talked about with the chakras, is basically just a stealing of the mind. I have this really handy app on my Apple Watch called Breathe, and it's, um, when I was working, could tell when I was stressed or just really, like, overworked, and I don't know if it just my blood pressure or what in the hell it did, but it always seemed to know that I needed to meditate, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. It basically did like um, a minute of breathing where you follow along with the lotus that gets big and smaller. And um, you focus your mind on your breathing. Like at first you start off by focusing on your breathing. And while you're doing that, you're, it becomes natural and your mind becomes clear. Meditation can be really hard to start doing in the beginning. So don't panic if you have a really hard time like clearing your mind or feel like you're just not getting it or nothing's happening don't panic because it took me gosh probably like a couple weeks before I actually had that epiphany and that aha moment of ah there it is so whatever works for you works for you but don't panic thinking oh my god you know I can't meditate I don't know how just breathe and relax and you'll be okay all right so centering which we kind of talked about with grounding the centering is basically gathering your energy and harnessing it towards the intention or purpose that you're about to do. So, when you are getting ready to dive in, you're going to do a spell and you've cast your circle and you've got everything. It's really important to make sure that you're grounded and then you have centered yourself. And, you've got your energy inside you is prepared to focus and shift towards... Your intention or the purpose or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, it's a really good way to practice, like in everyday life, to ground yourself before you know you cook breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever the hell you're gonna cook. But it's just an example. So ground yourself, become aware of your body, and the connection to what you're doing, and then you focus and center yourself on cooking whatever the hell it is you're cooking or whatever your task is but I'm just using that as an example focus your energy on doing whatever we're going to stick with cooking focus your energy on cooking that meal the best way you can or have full focus towards that preparation and the cooking and so, it was a really bad example, but you get my point. Like, just try it with other things. And then when you do bring those things into your practice, it'll be a lot easier. Because you're it's not just something like, oh, did I mess it up? But, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not good at this. Because there's no wrong way to do any of this stuff. Being a witch is awesome because there's no wrong way. Unless you're a Wiccan and you're following that path that has structures and rules and things. Then you may do a few things that are wrong, but you'll get there. Nobody's going to expect you to be perfect to start now. So, don't panic about any of that. But, you can use these techniques in everyday life, too. That's what I'm trying to express. So, casting your circle. Okay, so we're actually going to talk about that in another episode of full on how to do it step-by-step kind of stuff. But, basically... When you're casting a circle, you're physically and mentally preparing, like, a circular space or your area doesn't have to be a perfect circle. I mean, some people do want the perfect circle, but some people don't have the luxury of that room to do that. So, you're basically physically and mentally preparing a circle or space for you to do your work. Um, Again, it's really important that you ground and center yourself before you do that. And even if you don't feel like you fully did grounded yourself, or you fully centered yourself, you're attempting, and that's what's important. Keep trying. You're gonna get better as you go along with it. My first couple times was horrible. I wanted to give up. I just felt like, oh my god. Like, I'm never gonna do this right. It's just gonna be a giant shit show. But it wasn't. It turned out fine. So, don't panic. Like I said, we will do, like, some step-by-step how to cast your circle and all that shit. Another episode, but right now that's what that means because you're gonna hear that a lot. Um, it's a very, very common term and phrase because you do it a lot. Now, uh, speaking of casting the circle, um, now I'm gonna say this word probably wrong to some of you if you've heard it. An athame or a thami. I never say right. Athame or Thami. Is basically a double-edged dagger. That is used to cut. An opening or a doorway. In the circle to allow spirits and energies. Like in and out safely. To let yourself in and out. So. And athame was. Which I choose to call it. If it's wrong. I'm saying it wrong. Half the people say it one way. Half say another. So it's whatever you choose. Anyway. It is not ever meant to cut physical things. It is meant to cut the air and spiritualness. I mean, it's, it's basically like a metaphorical knife, really. I mean, if you don't want to go and buy one, you can use your finger or a pen, whatever you want to do, I don't care. You don't technically have to use one, but it's used basically just to kind of split the energy. If you have to, you know, say you're in your circle... You're ready to do some spell work. You grounded yourself, you centered yourself. You cast your circle, and the phone rings. Or your baby woke up crying. You gotta go check on the baby, or something. Or you have to go to the bathroom, because that seems to be what hits me every damn time. It's right when I'm here to do a spell. Ooh, damn, I gotta pee. So, let's pour out of that coffee. Anyway, use your thumb age, cut the, the circle, let yourself out. Take care of what you gotta do. And then let yourself back in. It's more of a... Mind situation. To have that peacefulness. That no one and nothing... No energy can get into your circle. And disrupt you from what you are doing. So... Again, we will talk more about the circle in another episode. I'm just giving you the basics here for today. A bowline. Bowline. People say it different. It's basically... A circle or a hook-shaped knife, um, kind of like a crescent moon, kind of reminds me if Captain Hook's hand was actually like knife or bladed, but still hooked and circular. Now that is something you actually would cut with at your altar, which to me should be the opposite way. You would cut things with a dagger and not the circle-shaped knife thing. But I didn't, you know create this legend and just how it works. It just is. Um, and going back to the whole, um, athame, in the craft, when they take the bus out and they get off, and they go out into the woods and they stab their athame into the ground, that, you don't do that. The athame shouldn't actually touch physical things as far as, like, to cut or to break or anything like that. That's what you use the bowling for. Not that you can stop the ground's bowling, but... Okay. It is what it is. If you actually want to do it... If you want to take your thumb and shove it into the ground, I don't care, do it. It is your practice, your path. You do what the hell you want. I'm just here to help you learn what options are out there, what things mean, and answer questions. So, moving forward. A cauldron. Now... We've all seen these in Hocus Pocus and, you know, every witch-related TV show ever. I actually don't have a cast-iron cauldron at the moment. I'm ordering one on Amazon today. I actually have, like, three in my cart to look at. I haven't decided which one I want. But, cauldron is usually a cast-iron pot. Its shape resembles the belly of a pregnant woman. And it's basically used as like your, um, mixing bowl or anything like that when it comes to, um, doing spell work and things like that, anything you need something to be on fire with, that cast iron cauldron is going to have your back. Now, like I said, I have to get myself a new one, so right now I'm literally using a fireproof because it's glass, candy dish. It's kind of a big candy dish, I think. It literally could be an ashtray if it had, like, the little grooves and stuff on the side, but it doesn't. So, I'm going to call it a candy dish. That is my cauldron for now. That is what I burn my shit in. That's what I use. Plain and simple. If you don't want to buy a cauldron, or if you're living in the broom closet and really can't buy a cauldron, any fireproof dish will work. You'll be fine. A broom! Pretty damn obvious. What a broom is. If you don't know what a broom is. I probably don't want to see your house. Because it's probably pretty dirty. Anyway. (laughs) As far as um, brooms go. in the witchcraft world. You are not going to fly on one. And if you think you are going to. Magically fly on a broom. Like physically go fly. Like from here to downtown. You are wrong. That is not going to happen. It would be cool as hell if it did. But, it's not going to happen. It's not how it works. So, what the hell do I actually use a broom for when it comes to witchcraft? Well, people use them for everything. But, I myself have a little handheld broom. I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law bought it um, during the fall. Like, actually on clearance. um, Maybe six seven years ago it is a little cinnamon scented handheld broom that was a fall decor basically mm-hmm. um, I put different scented oils on it you know essential oils whenever it runs out of smell I'll just add some but I personally have it hanging on my wall next to a little mm-hmm. sign that says um, the Broom Company it's really cute I'll post pictures on that web page or on the Facebook page but anyway when I'm getting ready to work at my altar area, I will take that little handheld broom and just kind of sweep the air, not only to, like, move any stale air out of the way, but to spread the smell of the essential oil that I've chosen to have on there, and just a way to kind of, like, wake up anything that's over there and have a fresh, clean start. And it's kind of metaphorical in a way. It does have a physical purpose, like I said, but it is giantly metaphorical. It makes me feel good. I'm happy about it. I love it. Okay. Bells. Now, there is a lot of folklore around bells and witches. So, uh, some people say that witches used bells as, like, a protection and tore off evil energy. It would scare the, um, the evil spirits and evil energies that were coming, you know, ring the bell before you start any spells Once you cast your circle just kind of shoo everyone away that was one of, one of the lures like i said there's a lot of folklore about bells when it comes to witches another lore about that was they were also said that you, witches used to hang bells on their doors so that it would alert them when someone is coming now this is me <laughs> we originally moved in this house in 2004 And that Christmas, we hung a, it almost looks like a, uh, you know when you go to the grocery store and you get a thing of grapes and it's like this giant little weird cone-shaped thing of grapes that are also like on the vine? It's kind of the shape of the bells, it's just a bunch of bells on this vine. And they're maroon-colored, which matched my kitchen, and we put them on the back door that year. I think the kids did it, honestly. I really think one of the little kids, one of my two boys, hung it on the back doorknob. When well, we took down the Christmas decorations that we that year, we forgot the bells. Because they just kind of blended in with the decor. And we left it. And they're still there. That was 2004. It's 2020. And those bells are still there. So, um, we always have like, you know, if anybody opens the back door, we know. Because the bells go off. And they're not super loud or super annoying or anything. It's just enough that you know that sound. So, you know someone's entering your space. No matter how quiet they're trying to be. Those bells still make that little bit of noise. So you know there's someone coming in. And we just kind of left them there. Which to me is pretty cool. Okay, so the next two phrases are um, common sayings around the witch world. Some are, you know, maybe more associated with Wicca or Wiccan, but an honesty... It's across the board for witchcraft. I mean, everybody kind of uses these. So, the first one is blessed be or BB. It's basically a, a way of saying have a nice day. Just, you'll see it a lot in some of the Facebook groups. Um, like I said, they shorten it as BB, but blessed be is basically have a nice day. The other term that our phrase is merry me, which is, you know, hello, nice to meet you, basically like that. Um, Especially if you're new to a witch Facebook group. And, you do your little introduction on there. You know. Hey, my name's Cassie. I'm blah, blah, blah. And, thank you for having me in this group. And, blah, blah, blah. You will notice that a lot of the comments will say. Marry me. You know. Welcome. Blah, blah, blah. But, they will have a lot of repetitive of marry me. And, bless me. Okay. So, I just want to touch base on this real quick. I know we're kind of hitting my time mark here close but a craft name now back in the day witches all had a different name that they went by when they were practicing witchcraft so that when everything was going on no one could accuse you of being a witch and not know your real name um so like you know say that you were at a coven and um joe bob jones came over and he accused you of kicking his dog And he decided he doesn't like you anymore, so he's gonna go tell the authorities and the sheriff that you're a witch and demand you be burned at the stake. Well, he would go to the cops and say, well, Sassafras, this, you know, she's a witch, or Willow, or Junebug, or whatever the hell name you choose. And the people, they were like, well, what's her last name, you know? Who is she? Well, I don't know. That's the name it is. And then the sheriff would go there and say, are you Sassapras? And she'd say, no, I'm Cassie Godfrey. I mean, that was the whole point of a craft name is having something to kind of hide yourself from. So it's, you know, it's used in covens today. still. a lot of them have um, chosen a craft name. We'll talk later more about how to choose one, why choosing one. Things like that. I do not have one. I just go by Cassie because that's just me and I can't really hide who I am because i knows me. So, I mean around here anyway. There's no point in hiding and I don't want to. So, <laughs> having a craft name is completely optional. It's up to you. All right, today is Thursday, June 4th. So, tomorrow, June 5th, is a full moon. It's the full strawberry moon. Uh, the next one after that. In case you missed. If you're listening to this. Like way in the future. Or not way in the future. But. If you're listening to this. After Friday the 5th. And. You want to. Um, do some work with the full moon. Or make some moon water. Which is what we're going to talk about. Your next opportunity. Will actually be July 5th. And that will be a full buck moon. Uh, we will actually break down. Moons. And the differences between all of them. In another episode. So I think that will be really cool. But. Moon water, you're going to hear that a lot, um, especially if you've joined the Facebook groups. And um, you will definitely hear that a lot the next couple days because we do have a full moon coming up tomorrow. I make moon water every time there's a full moon. I have what I bought at Dollar General actually was a. It's for liquor. It's around Christmas time, I think. It was four bucks. But it's a. Like a glass bottle. <coughs> it has like a glass screw on lid thing. It's really cool. But I put water in it and I put it out where it's in the direct moonlight. We'll get the most direct moonlight for the most of the night. Because, you leave it out there overnight. And, then, I bring it in before sunrise. Like, I'll go out and get it early. But, it just charges your water. And, it's just... The more we talk about the moons and the phases and all that, you'll completely understand why moon water is absolutely amazing to have all the time. So, that is all you have to do for moon waters. Literally put water in some type of clear glass, plastic, whatever you have Um, a lot of people say, oh it has to be glass and it has to be this kind of glass, no it don't fucking have to be any kind of whatever, it's whatever you want to be I personally recommend glass or plastic being clear Um, I have used like a very lightly tinted blue like cup thing before but I don't know, I just prefer clear because that's just me, you can use whatever the hell you want fill your water up with. I always use spring water. I hate tap water. I hate purified water. I'll only drink spring water. I don't know what it is. It's weird. I don't like it ice cold. I'm a weirdo when it comes to water, but whatever. Anyway, put your water in whatever container you have. Put it outside somewhere where it's going to be in the moon's Direct light for the most time. And I don't care if it's cloudy or rainy or whatever. It's still in the moon light so you're fine but anyway you just take it in in the morning and you use it in your rituals you can drink it whatever the hell you want to do with it we'll talk more about how you use that in upcoming episodes but first one to tell you what it was okay i do want you to wrap up um this episode by talking about because i said we're gonna talk about books um, I did not get a chance to like go make a whole big list of books that you should you know have and buy and read and blah 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 because honestly there are so many damn books out there it's overwhelming so I do want to talk about two very important books though they are books you're gonna make yourself the first one is your book of shadows it is basically your personal book of all your spells and stuff now. I know I talked about this in an earlier episode a couple times. Actually, several episodes I've talked about it so far. Now, the Book of Shadows is, for most people, simply just your spell book. For other people, they have notes and journal-type entries in there and all kinds of shit in their book. Um, I personally have two books. And I honestly would suggest this. Like I said... Your Book of Shadows does not have to be some fancy-ass, leather-bound book, you know, where the leather, leather was from a cow from, like, the 1400s that was owned by St. George John Paul King the Eighth, or what the fuck ever. No. You don't have to go spend, like, all this buku money on a damn book that you're gonna do and make your book. Because you're gonna mess up in it. I mean, we're human beings. We fuck up. It happens. Please don't go out and spend all this money and think that you have to, you know, have all this to have the best book of shadows. You don't. What I started with was a three-ring binder, some loose-leaf paper. That way, when I fucked up, I can rip that page out and ain't no worries. Then, I moved, once I felt more comfortable, I rewrote all of those into my book that I have, my actual book of shadows now. You're going to mess up. So, don't feel frustrated and don't be panicked when you do Because it's going to happen. We're humans. We err. It's part of life. If everybody were perfect, it would just be kind of weird. So, don't be afraid to mess up. But your book Shadows. That is mostly for... And you can do whatever the hell you want. But, as I said, most people keep it as their spells and incantations and... Rituals and recipes and anything related to the craft, like that kind of stuff. Now, magic journaling or your journal of magic, however the hell you want to call it, that is something that you can do separately, and I highly recommend, even if it's another three-ring notebook or just a note pad of paper that you went and got from downtown from Dollar Store, like they're like fifty cents or a dollar at Dollar General and Dollar Tree. Everything is damn dollar, so. Um, anything like that, track your stuff, and I'm not saying write in it every day like it's your diary, but if you feel so imposed to do so, do it, track how you felt while you're doing this, especially if you're trying out new things, write down how it worked out, write down how it made you feel, if something, you know, had a horrible turnout, you could write that down, that, ooh, I did not like this, it was not a good feeling, I don't want to ever do that shit again, so we have a lot going on in life. Life is super busy for most of us. It can be overwhelming. And, we forget things. So, we may forget that that was a horrible idea. And, we don't ever want to do that shit again. So, I really highly suggest getting yourself a little journal. And, or, even if you do it on your phone. We've talked before. There are notepad apps. And, there are all kinds of hidden apps and shit you can get. So, you could do all this on your phone. Or, you can email the shit to yourself. Whatever. You have options. It doesn't have to be physical. Pen and paper. Whatever it is. But I highly suggest and recommend. Tracking your journey. Your magical journey. With some kind of journal. I mean if you don't even go back to it. For like you know. A couple weeks or whatever. It happens. Because life happens. And it gets busy. And kids have ball practice. And band practice. And games. And art shows. And band shows. And concerts, and shit happens, and life is overwhelming at times, so don't feel like, shit, I'm not doing this right, or I'm really slacking, it's okay, you are human, it's fine, I mean, you're a witch, but you're still human, so, I really suggest getting that journal, writing down things, um, in mine, I actually, in the back of mine, which, I do have a page in my book, Shadows, towards the back. Actually, that's more than a page. It's like a little section in my book, Shadows. That I keep as a reference point. So, I have listed back there that, like, the candles. Like, what colors are candles and what colors are whatever coordinate with whatever feeling like red. Coordinates with love. So, if I'm doing a love spell, I'm going to use a red candle. and um, Just different things like that. So, That can either go in your magic journal. Or that can go in your book of shadows. That's completely up to you. How you want to organize your thoughts. And do all of that. You can have them all in the same damn book. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. I just really recommend tracking that journal. And your progress. Because you're going to find. It's easier to go back and reference that. Than it would be to. Try to remember everything. Because say you do a spell tomorrow. And it's a spell that takes you know time to work or whatever and you do this spell and nothing happens for a few days or whatever and you go back and something big happened something big has happened it's been like three weeks and some serious shit's going on and you know you may not realize anything you know, oh well whatever i wrecked my car or somebody did this or i got unexpected money came in whatever you can go back and reference well you know what I did do this incantation that day, or I did do a money spell this day. And, you know, it does take a little bit to work. You're going to just feel better if you track stuff and you're going to have more validation too. That what you're doing is legit and your feelings are real and things are actually happening. I know I'm rambling on, but I just really want you to track your journey so you can feel like, wow, when you look back in a year from now and see where you started and see you know, how things are progressing, and a year from now, two years from now, and you would be like, wow, man, I never thought I would be here, this is awesome, but it's just really cool. For me, I've really enjoyed looking back on mine, but like I said, that's just me. Um, next week, we're going to talk about divinations, like I said, the different types of tools that you can use to connect with spirits and energy and all of the wonderful things. I do want to, um, before I wrap this up, just remind you guys that this is a lifestyle change. And you may not, like, see it right away. And I don't mean, like, you're gonna start dressing in all black and you're gonna just start listening to goth music and just wear, like, you know, raccoon eyeliner all the time or anything like that. You change as a person once you go down this path. And it's for the better, clearly. But you just have the sense of... Wow. And peace. And purpose. Which is a huge one. But it's overwhelmingly awesome. Not, I mean, it's not bad overwhelming. It's wonderful. Because you evolve so much as a person... As you're going down this path. But you don't notice it. And that's another reason why I really would like to see you guys... Have a journal and track your journey, even if it's, like I said, you can skip days, weeks, whatever, but try, even if it's, you know, I pulled this tarot card today and it made me feel like shit, or I pulled this different tarot spread today, and hey, I really like the way it, you know, reads or whatever, just tracks a few things, and then when you come back a year from now, you're going to realize how much you've grown and evolved, and like I said, it it really is lifestyle change. I used to be so confrontational and so worked up and so so much pent up aggression, and now I'm rarely laid back. I am chill. I just I feel more at peace. And you will too as you find your path. So just keep working on your path. Don't get frustrated. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna have times where you're just like, fuck it. I don't want to do it anymore. I just feel like I'm not doing right. Please don't do that. Please don't give up. You're gonna kill it. Just give it time. That's all I got for today. I will talk to you guys next week about divination. I am super, super excited. I don't know why i just saying that. I'm a horrible singer. But I really am excited to talk to you guys about divination. So I will see you next week. Everybody stay safe. Bless be. I'm out.